Hello and welcome to another episode of Brax Tax. This is Northridge Fellowship's youth podcast. And uh, right now in our Sunday morning Bible class, we are in a series with the rest of the church called The King and His Kingdom. And this week we were in chapter 6 of the book of Matthew. Before we get into the main focus of our time together, which is anxiety, uh, I want to make a note about the structure of Jesus' sermon, because I think this is really important. So in in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was discussing uh, the fulfillment of the law. So Jesus talks about, well, you have heard that it was said that you shouldn't murder, that you shouldn't commit adultery, uh, that you should fulfill the oaths that you take to the Lord, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And he takes all these things, and then he pushes beyond the external behavior that those commands require. Uh, like not murdering means that your external behavior should be that you don't murder. Um, but Jesus as always in his ministry, he seems to press beyond just the external behavior and press into the thoughts, attitudes, motivations, desires of the heart. And so he moves beyond just the command to not murder. And he says also, um, but I say to you that you shouldn't be angry um, or take adultery. Um, You've heard that it was said that you shouldn't commit adultery, but I say to you, don't lust. So Jesus has this pattern of taking external behaviors, but pressing in to to show people what is it that you are doing, um, what what motivates you towards the external behaviors, um, whether those behaviors are good or bad, which then makes us go to chapter 6 because Jesus does this again. And he says in verse 1, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, because then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So, in other words, he's been saying, you should be righteous. This is how you should be righteous in chapter 5. But then he makes sure that we know that we can't do all those righteous things that he's commanding in order to be seen by others. What we need to be doing our righteousness for or towards is reward from our Father who is in heaven. That's that's the goal. So what Jesus is doing is he is uh, he's starving our flesh, is how I like to think of it. And I think this is probably, that language is influenced by Paul Miller's work. Um, but he's starving the flesh because you could... Feed your flesh with righteous deeds so long as you get the praise of man, glory from people. As long as other people applaud you, you'll be righteous. But Jesus wants to starve our flesh of that hunger for other people's praise by doing all of our righteousness in secret. It's really a question for us would be, um, do you need to be seen by others in order for your good deeds to feel validated, for you to feel validated. And if that's the case, starve your flesh. Do your righteousness in secret so that you're doing these good things that Jesus commands you to do, that you're doing these good things in order to be rewarded by your Father and not to be rewarded uh, through the praise of man. So I think that's just really important for us to understand of how Jesus is communicating to his original audience and communicating to us in his Sermon on the Mount. 
But our focus on Sunday morning and what I want our focus to be during this podcast is anxiety. Uh, a lot of us struggle with anxiety, whether you're an adult or a youth. Um, there's so many stress points in life. And Jesus' words in Matthew 6, particularly 24 through uh, 34, have some very, I, I think we can be greatly helped by what Jesus says in this passage. So Jesus just gets done talking about money and how we should store up treasures, not on earth, but in, in heaven. And this makes sense if the kingdom is coming and the Jesus' kingdom is more permanent than what we have here. It makes sense to store up our treasures in heaven. And then he says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters because either he'll hate the one master and love the other master, or he'll be devoted to the one master and despise the other master. You cannot serve God and money. So just we'll look at that for a little bit here because Jesus says that you can only have one master. And if we look at that language, then Jesus is implying that we are uh, slaves and we need to decide who our master is going to be. Um, so slaves owe things to their masters and masters owe things to their slaves, right? This is, of course, this is um, first century language here. Um, we don't, in America, we don't have slavery anymore, praise God, not this kind at least. Um, but in, the, in that context, when slavery does exist, masters owe things to their slaves and slaves owe things to their masters. And slaves owe obedience, um, their lives, their work, um, right? That's what a slave does. And a master also owes things to their slave. A uh, master owes instruction to their slave, how they want the job to be done. Um, they owe an amount of protection and care um, for their slaves. Um, there are promises for slaves who behave well and serve well, and there are um, threats uh, for slaves who don't perform well. Um, and so Jesus says you cannot serve God and money. So I think it would be helpful to think about um, what do I owe God if I am his slave? What does God owe me um, if he is my master? How has God uh, set up this relationship to work? And then contrast that with money. What does money owe me? And what does, or what does money promise me? What does uh, money threaten me with? What do I owe money? Um, and and you could take uh, Jesus' words. You can't serve God and, and, and just fill in the blank. Um, money, school, uh, work, family, um just fill in the blank, whatever um, you you want, and and ask, what does this thing promise me? Um, I think in the case of money, money promises us happiness. Um, it says, get enough of me and I will make you happy. Um, if you don't get enough of me, you won't be happy. Um Money has an attitude towards you that if you don't have enough of it, um, then you're not as valuable. Um, so if you're poor, you're not as valuable. If you have a lot of money, a lot of it, then um, then 
you're valuable, you're, you're praiseworthy, you're good. Um, so money tends to favor the rich and, uh, and excludes the poor. Um, money is a really harsh master, really. Uh, but if you look at God, he's gracious. He is good. He demands obedience, yes, but he demands our obedience for our own good and for our joy. Um, so I just encourage you, make a list of what is it that money promises me or, or whatever you um, want, because God is a better master. Objectively, if you if you look at it over and over, you'll find that God is a better master for you. Um, but I say that first because right after Jesus' statement that you can't serve two masters, he then says, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Because the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, from this passage, and just life, I want to give you three uh, tips on how to fight anxiety based off of what Jesus says here. So the first is, um, when I ask you this question, what are you stressed about? Um, let's just say school. You're, you're stressed about school. Um, maybe you have, okay, you just say that. I'm stressed about school. I'm going to ask you, why are you stressed about school? You might say, well, I have way too many assignments. Okay, why does that stress you? That's a good question to ask. I mean, why does it stress you um, that you have too many assignments? Well, an answer might be, well, I have too many assignments and um, I feel like I'm not going to uh, have enough time outside of these assignments to really enjoy life. Okay, that's a, that's a good answer to that question. Um, why does it matter to you that you would have time to enjoy life? Well, um, I, I grew up in a, in a household that uh, d didn't really value um, fun, and I, I want to be able to have fun at some point in, in my life. I don't want to be bogged down by all these assignments. Okay, why, why is it important to you that you have fun? And you see where I'm going is eventually you, you're going to land probably at an answer like, I want to be happy, um, or in this questioning, and I would encourage you to do this to yourself. Ask yourself these questions. I'm stressed about school. Why? 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 Keep asking why. Because you might find either what your deepest desire is and why this thing is stressing you um, is, well, I want to be happy. And I think that this, I think school is going to take away my joy. I'm not going to be happy. 
Um, or it might be that, you know, you, you keep answering that question of why or how or why does that matter to you? And you might find what stresses you most. Um, I could have taken that a totally different direction and talk about grades and say, well, um, I think that if I don't get good enough grades, I won't have, uh, I won't be able to go to college. I won't be able to get a good job. And, and really that's looking at, um, security. You are afraid that you won't be secure. You're afraid of something. So these stressors are important. We, when we have stressors in our lives, we need to ask, why is this thing stressing me to try to figure out what, what's my deepest desire or what are my deepest fears when we ask that question of why. Um, but that still doesn't explain why school might stress me out or why family might stress me out or why money is stressing me out. It doesn't explain why at, at, at the bottom. And I think what Jesus does in verse 24, what you already talked about, is that you can't serve God in money. I think Jesus explains just with that sentence um, why it is that we get stressed about these things. Let's take school again for an example. If I'm stressed about school, I think there's a strong possibility that I have made school my master and not God. School promises me happiness if I get good grades. So I need to put in effort. I need to obey school in order to get good grades. That's my reward from school. And school will therefore reward me with happiness so long as I get the good grades. And then there's the threat. If, if I don't get good grades, I won't be happy. I think that's, that's why these moments in life when a bad report card comes up or there's too many assignments, right? I think that's why we get stressed is because we have chosen to let school or family or money or work or whatever it is be our master and, and that master, whatever it is, has ultimate say of what is true for us. And that stresses us because there's rules to follow from this master. And there's good promised if we obey and there's, uh, there's doom promised if, uh, if we don't obey. And the problem with that is that we all fall short in so many ways. And it's only God that is able to see all of our failures for what they really are. That we can't cover up our failures before God like we might be able to do with school or, what we, or we might be able to do with family or work or money, whatever it is. We can't cover up our failures before God. And yet, in seeing us so fully, he also loves us so fully and is gracious towards our failures and towards us. So if you're struggling with anxiety and stress today, my first word from this passage to you would be, are you serving school or family or money or popularity or um, whatever it is? Are you pursuing those things as if they are your master and not God? Because if they are, you will never measure up 
And, and if you do, you'll be scared of, of losing your standing. There will always be stress. But if God is your master, he's gracious. He covers over your sins and your failures. So that'd be my first word with stress. Ask yourself, am I, am I enslaved to the thing that I'm stressed about right now? The next thing that I would say, this is just from life. If I were driving down the highway uh, today and um, my check engine light comes on, well, what should I do? I should eventually check my engine. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll be fine. Maybe, you know, it's just a fluke in my, in my car and it will, you know, turn off and it'll never come back on. I mean, that happens sometimes. Minnesota winters, you know, sometimes stuff happens with the computer in your car and it's not a big deal actually. But if it keeps coming on and, and eventually it's actually, I can't even drive 60 miles an hour. My car is only letting me drive up to 40, I should go to the mechanic. Well, shouldn't you pray about your car? Well, yeah, you should. I mean, God's in control of everything, but he's also given you mechanics and your car is a physical being. You're a physical being too. This is my point is that you're a physical being. You should pray about your anxiety and your stress that you're having, but you're a physical being. Ask yourself physically what's going on. Are you getting enough sleep? What are you eating? What are your habits? And I've, in the research I've done, I've found um, screen time is definitely linked to um, different chemical issues because uh, dopamine has created so much from how many hits you get when you're on your phone. And it can create a dependence on your phone. And that might not be good for you. That might be causing some stress. Ask yourself physically what's going on. Or am I getting enough sleep? Am I am I eating right? Am I spending too much time on my phone? Am I um, am I trying to? This is a great discussion we had actually with the middle school in the in the uh, middle school discussion that we had on Sunday. Am I trying to actually numb the stresses that I have through uh, screens or any other habit? Am I trying to numb the stress and anxiety that I experience through um, these different habits of screens or um, whatever it might be. And let me just give you a word of advice. Don't try to numb it. Don't try to numb the stress that you're experiencing by sitting on your phone for three hours straight doing whatever, because you only have lost three hours and the, the things that you're stressed about, they will still be there on the other side of the three hours. And then it'll like, your stress will actually get worse. And I, I'm saying that from experience. Um, Talk to, talk to someone who can help you sort out physically what's going on, whether that's a nutritionist or a psychologist, whatever you would go to. It's fine to ask the question of maybe there is something physically going on with me and talk to your parents and, and get that figured out. Um, but the last thing that I would say um, when it comes to uh, fighting stress and anxiety in our lives is... Um, and I've noticed this every time that I've um, talked about this passage with people. Uh, for people who struggle with anxiety and stress, um, when Jesus comes along and says, don't be anxious about your life, I always ask, who here uh, feels better about their stress and anxiety now that you've heard that word from Jesus? And no hands will go up. Um, and then I'll ask, who here feels worse? And all the hands will go up. Um and that's because we're trapped in this cycle 
oftentimes we, we know that our anxiety and our stress is not good. We don't enjoy our stress and anxiety. Sometimes, sometimes you do. And I think we need to consider that too, but a lot of people don't, uh, enjoy their stress and anxiety. But, um, when then Jesus comes along and says, Hey, don't be anxious. Now we, we were already anxious and now we have the added anxiety of knowing that God disapproves of our anxiety. Um, we feel guilty on top of our anxiety and there's this vicious cycle. So, um, what do we do? Um, well, what we need to know is that you can't just say no to anxiety. You have to say yes to something else. Um, you can't just focus on not being anxious because you'll actually get more anxious about your anxiety as you focus on not being anxious. It's a vicious cycle. So we need to say no to anxiety, but we need to say yes to something else. And in fact, seeking something else, focusing on something else is probably more important than just saying no to our anxiety. So what is it that we need to say yes to? Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So instead of just saying, I'm not going to be anxious, what we need to do is seek first the kingdom of God. And, and what is the kingdom of God? It's a real place that Jesus is king over that will come to earth someday at, at the end of all things. And, and God establishes his rule on earth. Um, that's, that's going to happen. And the kingdom is where all of your treasure is. It's where Jesus is. It's where all things are made new and every tear is wiped from your eyes. It's where justice is done and all things, everything sad, in the words of Tolkien, all, everything sad becomes untrue. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first that. Seek first being an ambassador of the kingdom of God and living as a citizen of the kingdom, living as though your culture is from somewhere else, the kingdom of God. And if you have questions about what does it mean to seek his righteousness, read, this would be my encouragement to you, read Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, because what Jesus is talking about with God's righteousness is all in his Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you're worried about, God knows what you need better than you do. Better than I do. And what we do need, he'll give us. What we don't need, maybe maybe he will give us what we don't need. But we can bet with 100% confidence that what he gives us will ultimately be for our good. So those are my three helps from this passage. There's so much more in scripture about how to fight anxiety and stress, but these are my, my three from this passage and just from life, is that if I'm stressed by something, ask whether or not the thing I'm stressed about has mastery over me and I'm enslaving myself to that thing rather than to God. Because God is a gracious master and he'll take care of my every need. 
Then also ask what physically is going on. Do I need more sleep? Do I need better diet? Do I need to talk to somebody about what's going on physically with me? And then lastly, I can't just say no to anxiety. I need to say yes to something else. And what Jesus tells us to seek is the kingdom of God. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven and the righteousness of that kingdom. So thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions about this talk or uh, just the Bible in general, we'd love to hear your questions. It might be featured on a later podcast episode. Uh, We're going to continue our series, The King and His Kingdom. Next week is chapter 7. I'm excited for that one. Uh, So until next time, go and tell them to come and see.